0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 745 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you, one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Fleeceworks TheraWool Saddle Pads. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Team Fleeceworks rider and extreme cowgirl Robin Bond. Stay tuned as we discuss the finer points of riding in a Bosal. Right after this message from Fleeceworks owner Judy McSwain. Judy, I've been hearing a lot of good reports about this new TheraWool product line that you ad- introduced earlier this year. Tell us what's going on there. It's basically opened a whole new uh, customer base for us, and it's made the product
0: affordable for people maybe who either didn't want to use sheepskin because it does require a little bit more maintenance,
1: the sheepskin does, than the wool, or people that just couldn't make that stretch. So it's it's been great. It's, you know, it's really, really durable, as the tagline says is great for daily use, beautiful enough for show. And I think that really explains it all in a nutshell because it is a lovely pad to look at and feel, and yes. but yet it's still an affordable pad that you can go to. You can literally go to the Olympics in this saddle pad. Yes. We worked really hard to make sure that we developed the right density and the right length, and so it took us about a year to get everything exactly right, and to make sure that when you washed it, that it didn't felt up or, or turn real hard or ball up. And it, it's a proprietary blend of product the way we've done this to make it work quality saddle pads from Fleeceworks. so folks when you go to your local tax store ask for Fleeceworks works thera wool pads by name and if your local tax store doesn't have them tell them that they need to speak with judy at Fleeceworks. just go to fleeceworks.com and you'll find all of our contact information there and thanks for stopping up by again judy and keeping us up to date on what's going on over there
0: I ride with a bull with the hackamore a lot. You can't mess up
1: that nose because it messes up your your signal. So, when I'm using a bit, um, everybody gets drilled into their little head that they need to be careful because they don't want to damage the horse's mouth, um, cause training issues because his mouth is very sensitive. So, mm-hmm. his head and his nose are just as sensitive as his mouth. Am I right? Yes. So. Tell give me a couple of examples of things that you commonly see people um doing or not doing when they're riding with a non bit headgear on their horse that you know?
0: Yeah, frequently frequently people will tug their horses around to the side and there's a certain amount of that that you're gonna need to do when you're starting. But you have to remember that every time you bump on that horse's nose that's one more time that you're making it tougher. So it's best if you're riding without a bit to do groundwork and uh, bend the horse's nose left and right off of a very soft pull so that the horse follows the rope around instead of you literally pulling their head around.
1: Ah, so you don't want to be wrenching their head across and literally pulling their head as if and you were physically moving their head. They they learn the cue just like they would yeah. if they were right. it's away. A, very like a leg cue. Ah, this is very interesting. That's a that's a good um, analogy because a leg mm-hmm. aid, uh, for obvious reasons, we try to make them light. You exhaust yourself yes. otherwise. Yeah. Uh, we have a tendency to use our arms and our hands more aggressively because, generally speaking, we're stronger in our upper bodies as human beings. Uh,
0: well, people, but, people people like to use their hands. We we are
1: manual. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we've got that opposing thumb. We're using it, doggone it. hmm That's uh. right. <laughs> so under what circumstances, let's say you were um, going to work with a new student, and that new mm-hmm. student had a desire to ride their new horse in some type of bitless device, whether it be a bosal or a rope halter or Uh something to that effect versus a mechanical hackamore which is an entirely different animal altogether are there circumstances under which certain riders uh, with certain skill sets or lack thereof should not be using these types of this type of equipment or is it more a case of regardless of your skill set you can adjust to using it
0: I believe that if you pay enough attention to the messages that your horse gives you that just about anybody can learn how to work with this equipment, but it takes a very attentive person, a person who notices if I pick up my right rope rein, it does that horse follow the way of the rein or am I having to, to really get after him to get it done? If you're really having to get after it to get it done, then maybe a bridle is going to be more effective for you because the feel through it is more constant. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When you pick up a bridle rein, you use your hands by drawing your hands up, down, left, right, forward, and back, and the horse follows that feel with the bozal or your rope halter. When you pick up that bridle rein, you have to put a vibration in it to make the horse think, what do I need to do to make the vibration go away? And he's going to try a number of things, and eventually he's going to turn his head towards the hand that's vibrating. And at that point, you release. It takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of
1: time. Very interesting. So, um, it's it's a it's a slightly different skill set and it's a slightly different physical activity that you're your hand and arm puts into the rein to get your response versus a bit.
0: Yes, it is. With a with bit, you can draw the horse's nose around and essentially hold passively mm-hmm. and wait for the horse to release your hand. At that point, you will release back. And after a while, the horse will learn to look for the release.
1: Mm-hmm. With
0: your rope halter or with your basal, if you draw your hand back and hold and wait for the horse to release you, he's not uncomfortable enough, and he could lean back into your hand, and it could take for quite some time and lead to a deadening of the of the nose, mm-hmm. so that it doesn't end up working correctly. So you want to put a vibration in that rein or in that rope that's attached to your rope halter as you draw that hand back, so it's a lot more. It's a lot more technical piece of equipment.
1: Very interesting, because you, coming from an English background, we assume that something that is not in their mouth you is is a, an indelicate piece of equipment, when in fact it's quite the reverse. You have to be very careful, because it's, it's a little bit like the snaffle bit in the English world. People put a snaffle bit on because it's labeled as a kind bit, yeah. thinking that it will... Forgive in that if they use it improperly, the horse will not be physically damaged. Well, no, he won't be physically damaged, but he will be thoroughly screwed up.
0: <laughs> yeah, he'll be—he'll become—he'll become dull to it for sure. Yeah, and that—that that, and that is a very good analogy for your gozoal. Just because it's not in their mouth doesn't mean that you don't have to use finesse to make it work. It takes a, a really good—a good deal of finesse in order to make your bitless bridle work correctly so that you're, there isn't any pulling and so that the horse is responsive. And you have to keep in the back of your mind that with the bitless, with the go or with your rope halter, at the end of the day, what you have with your horse is a bluff. And if he ever learns that he can go through it, then you are set back a tremendous amount of time because the horse can learn to... to Stiffen their neck against that, so you don't want to get to the point where you have to use force to use your bitless equipment. You want to be able to have that be a signal.
1: Very interesting. So, conversely, are there horses? And and this is a, again because I have a more of an English background. Um, we associate the young horse or a horse being started being ridden in a bosal or a rope halter or some other bitless device uh-huh. and the horse graduates into bit is there a reason or a type of horse or anything under what circumstances would would you say oh no don't even bother putting a bitless anything on that animal
0: there are some horses that just by nature are not as responsive to it. I have I have one here right now that I'm die was dying to have him working in a bosal because his face is so beautiful, and the equipment is just I mean it's just gorgeous and it hangs on his face just just wonderfully. And I started working him on it, and and I'm not saying that eventually he wouldn't get to the point where it did work. But because I'm training horses for clients, they don't always have time to wait Mm -hmm. six months for the bosal to to start. So I did, I I switched him back to a snaffle bit, and he's going very, very, very well in the snaffle bit. And I just don't see any reason to aggravate anybody by attempting to make a horse that doesn't want to be responsive in it, responsive in it. There's... You don't make a piano player, a football player.
1: There you go. You got to listen to the horse too. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah, You have to figure out what it is that they respond to well and
1: use that. Very interesting. So, is it easier to teach a horse to respond with a Bosal? Before they're bitted, is it harder to take a horse that's been bitted and ridden and put him into a bustle? or is it more of an individual case or, or not?
0: It, it doesn't matter whether the horse has had a, a bit in his mouth before or not. Um, the, the, the nose works you know differently on each horse. Each horse is individual. and I have many horses that come to me that are have been ridden in a bridle for you know 10 years and I'll put my saw on them because I wanna give them an opportunity to to work off of something other than bit pressure, give their mouth a break. And some of those horses it's just like starting a young one with a completely new mindset and they're just they're very receptive and responsive and others are, are not so much. So it's extremely individual for the horse and taking in mind the skill set of the rider.
1: Well that's how that's very, very interesting. I learned all sorts of really cool stuff about how a BOSOL works, first amongst those being how to pronounce it properly. And and thank you very much, Robin, for telling me all about that. Well, there you go. You can find more tips on improving your riding skills and your horse's performance, whatever your discipline. Just go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the topic's drop-down menu on the left. You can also find out what Robin Bond is up to by going to robinbondequine.com. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horsetip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's sponsor has been Fleeceworks. Ask for Fleeceworks TheraWool pads at your local tack supplier or you can visit them online at fleeceworks.com. Please stop by the Horsetip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse!